If only a few people win those areas of the contract and the majority of the agencies don't even try, eventually the whatever the majority has is what's going to dominate. And so I predict there's going to be something coming up. There's going to be a movement happening within our industry. Hey, it's Joel, and this is episode 44 of the Rev Thinking Podcast, the conversation between creative entrepreneurs who know the best way to deal with the future is to create it. On today's episode, I'm speaking with Tim Thompson. Tim and I are discussing, it's time to make our industry stronger. Welcome to Rev Thinking, the podcast for next generation creative entrepreneurs. Now, here is your host, Joel Pilger. Hello, Rev Thinkers. Welcome to the podcast. Today's episode is going to be a departure from the norm. I'm traveling today, but there's something on my mind that's really important, and there's some some news and events that are changing in the industry that, let's say, are coming to a tipping point. And so I want to share something that's on my heart and now is going to translate into some news uh, that is actually going to impact our industry. Hopefully, it'll change it forever. But you know, back when I ran my creative studio, Impossible Pictures, during that 20-year run, I, of course, had to negotiate with clients all the time, right? We would receive contracts and agreements from our clients. We would receive master services agreements, all these kinds of things in the course of doing business, which makes sense when someone's hiring you and handing you hundreds of thousands of dollars. They're going to have you sign an agreement to protect their interests. But what I've noticed is, you know, in the years that I was running my business, that those agreements, they became a little tougher, a little more stringent as the years went on. And now I think the situation is even worsening. And I'm starting to, you know, I want to share with you some changes that I've seen happening in the past few years, which I think have really, like I said, tipped the scale to the point where something needs to be done. And some of these stories include things like uh, the situation of underages. Now, this is where a client might hire you, but they reserve the right in the agreement to audit your books and see how you spent the money. And if they deem that the money wasn't all spent, they can request, quote, an underage, which means you have to give them money back. That's insane. I won't go into all the reasons why. But likewise, uh, what about insurance requirements? Have you ever received an agreement from a client who says, oh, you have to carry you know, $5 million of E&O insurance? So you have to carry $3 million of liability and all these kinds of things. And it's just a requirement. It's just an expectation. And of course, everyone's favorite, payment terms, right? How many of us have bemoaned how net 30 used to be the standard and now it's net 60 or even net 90? I have several of my clients who uh, work with one of the big, big corporations and net 90 is just the norm. And no, they don't get anything up front. So this is just doing a huge project. And my client, this motion design studio, is acting as a bank, you know, handling this project and not getting paid for 90 days until after the project is complete. And let me mention one other example is that I recently had a motion design client of mine doing a project for an ad agency where the ad agency was uh, trying to impose a sequential liability clause on the motion design company, which basically said that the ad agency was not responsible for paying the studio until they got paid from their client, which of course my client, the motion design studio has no control over that whatsoever. 
And the agency's pushback was, well, this is normal in the industry. We work with some of the biggest studios in the country, and this is normal. And I said, you know what? That's not normal. And I insisted that we fight it. We did, and we won. But it was a really troublesome and acrimonious conversation. And of course, at the beginning of a project, that's not really helpful. So I want today to share with you a conversation, or two actually, that I had with Tim Thompson about this issue. One of these conversations goes back uh, several months ago, and then one is more recently, about this problem and about what we think can be done about it. And that will connect to the news, which I will share at the end of the podcast. So stay tuned, and I'll be back later to guide you through this episode. And thanks for listening. I'm not really sure how to start this other than to say we were, you and I, Tim and I are here and we felt strongly we should capture some of these thoughts based on our experiences today of doing briefings with clients here in LA. Yeah, you know what my biggest takeaway was from the day? Yeah, what's that? So, you know, we obviously recognized there was a finance bubble and we talked about that a lot. But what the surprising thing to me was when you and I would just talk to the clients about some of these legal needs as one of the five areas, we knew that there was things coming up with the freelancers union and what have you. Right. And there's kind of a really just a overall need for a legal presence, um, setting something up so that um, as these larger conglomerates are buying out more and more of these broadcast companies, there's an ability really to understand what they're asking for us, not have to compromise um, certain areas of the contract. Well, let's even define some terms for a second, because like when you say conglomerates, right, this is where we look at companies like, um, well, certainly Apple would be an example, um, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. Disney, I, Comcast, AT&T. Right. Those are great examples, because when I think of someone like a Disney, right, it's now ABC and it's ESPN and when in the case of Comcast, right, NBC, Universal, all that. And so there's a consolidation that's been happening in the industry where these big players have gotten bigger and they have more muscle. And of course, they, you know, you can't fault them for the fact that they're going to use that muscle to get better terms and more leverage, whatever, with their vendors. But so what you and I heard today was, I think there's like this recurring theme where the agencies are saying, hey, it's getting really hard. To, yeah. try, to get like fair terms to avoid these burdens and all these master services agreements that are just kind of getting nuts. Yeah, and I would try to be clear that I don't think they're doing it to be the bad guys. I don't think they're just the right. big bad wolf. Well, we hope not, right? <laughs> right. But there is, because they are large and conglomerate, they're obviously working out some efficiencies. They have long-term plans and needs, and therefore they're contracts are um, create more restrictions yeah. for our agencies. And I'm just talking about intellectual property rights, ownership of the work that they're doing. Right. The rights and the, the yeah. And well, let's talk about the, and even the most simple things are just payment terms. Just like, can we get paid half up front and half net 30? And it's like, no, you can't get anything up front. And by the way, it's net 90. Well, yeah. And that's to that a, point, that's very as a big burden for a super small company to bear and then on that point uh, brian from bark bark he brought up this whole thing of underages where that there are co parts of the contract now that there's audit rights within the contracts that if they if you overcharge they can take it away and that's a new piece obviously again not the big bad guys just try crashing in possibly possibly not but 
just the fact that you, that's an area of a contract that you could win. Well, the, You don't so have the, to give into that. Let me ask, because I was wondering, when he was talking about Undridge's, I was like, wait a minute. Because that was, honestly, for me, kind of mind-blowing and new to, news to me that an agency could be contracted to produce a project. On a flat fee. On a flat fee, right, right. Like a not-to-exceed flat bid. And then the big corporation, whatever, reserves the right to come back and say, "Let's, we want to see how you spent the money. Right? Am I right? That's right. And, oh, sorry if you can hear the helicopter flying us <laughs> over us here in West Hollywood. <laughs> but that company can come back and audit that project and say, oh, you didn't need that money. You didn't need all of away. that. And we're going to take, you, you, there's, we're going to claim that unlike you might charge somebody an overage, they're going to basically come back and say, no, we need, there was an underage. You came under the cost on this project. So we're going to take some money back away from you. On a flat bid, yeah. And there's no guarantee for an overage on that same thing. Sure. So what Brian had discovered is that he can actually fight those areas of contract. I think he said he spent tens right. of thousands of dollars fighting those areas on these master service agreements. He won, but really his when he came to us and he was talking to us, it was the idea of, hey, can I can I tell somebody or other people should know this? Right. So I, I predict that there will be, I almost wonder if we shouldn't do something ourselves. but I predict there will be some kind of information gathering and sharing of what people are winning or not because it's becoming a necessity if only a few people win those areas of the contract and the majority of the agencies don't even try eventually yeah the, whatever the majority has is what's going to dominate and so i predict there's going to be something coming up there, there there's going to be a movement happening within our industry of people trying to share that or putting it out there I th that's to me the biggest takeaway for me today was that um, the finance side again super cool amazing I think some of the work stuff that we talked about and the bubbles that we're sure, seeing the but trends this, and there's this new thing that I probably got the strongest confirmation today in Los Angeles and uh, last week in New York um, when we sat down with these agencies that were not our clients and and they were confirming and saying that they're running into s similar problems I think that was the biggest interesting thing to me yeah, and I think just to expand f for a second on what you were saying, when you think of, when I think of smaller studios that are maybe just getting into the game, you know, young creatives that are saying, let's go out on our own, they don't really know any different, right? They get handed a big master service agreement from a big corporation, and they, for the most part, just kind of sign it because, well, if we sign this, we get a check. They don't really know any better. But like you said, but over time, of course, what happens is that becomes the standard. That's what's like, okay, these, this is what we're now, AT&T is going to now inflict their impose or whatever the term is. Uh, we're going to impose this on everybody. And what you and I know, right, from our work with Carrie. So Carrie Smith being attorney at, at, at uh, Greenspoon Martyr Entertainment Law Firm in New York is you can win those battles. You can win right? those battles. You can win those battles. And what we find is there's roughly six areas of any given contract that are the ones that are usually up for dispute. You know, it's terms, it's rights, it's so forth. And if you know that you can win them, well, if somebody has won that payment term argument, can't somebody else win the same argument? Can't that be shared somehow? That's our kind of yeah. wild idea we're saying well wait a minute if what we've been doing with our clients helping them 
get the legal advice and help and support they need, how could that be shared? How could others benefit so that the whole industry is, is stronger and helps everybody? Okay, so that was the conversation that Tim Thompson and I had several months ago in Los Angeles after doing client briefings with some of our clients and other business owners in Los Angeles. And you could tell, you could sense our frustration and that feeling we had that we just need to take some sort of action, make some progress. Well, a lot's happened in just the past several months. So this next conversation we're going to go to is Tim and I again talking about what's happened in the months since. So this is a conversation from just a couple of weeks ago. So let's listen in as Tim and I bring you up to speed with what's happened since. Okay, Tim. So thanks for letting me grab you. I know it's very late and uh, we're here in Los Angeles, but I thought it would be a great opportunity to bring our uh, audience up to speed with the legal ideas and topics we've been talking about because it was what, four or five months ago when we had done the briefings in New York and LA and we were talking about some of those legal issues and contracts and things that people were struggling with. And, but a lot has changed since then. And now that we're in May, looking ahead to Promax, we have some things we want to share with our audience about what's, what's changed and what's been developing behind the scenes. Yeah, I would say the turning point for me or you and I in this process uh, really came from, it was your client here in Los Angeles that had to negotiate a specific contract. Right. Um, and we reached out to the usual suspects, our, the lawyers that we've been using in New York for our clients. Um, and it, she really just confirmed with us or to us that the the work that we're doing and the, the trend that we're seeing with the large broadcast agencies is something that she's seeing more often. And Broadca well, broadcast companies. Sorry, oh, don't sorry, mean to yeah, correct you. <laughs> broadcast companies, right. The yeah. larger broadcast companies. As we approached her with this idea of, is there something larger we can do? Is there something that, we, that she'd be willing to publish with us or share so that we could you know, basically help out the industry on a larger scale than just helping out client by client? Right. And um, you can tell them or I can tell them, but what's exciting to me is now we have the backing of a, of a entertainment law firm, Greenspoon Martyr. Yep. Um, and Carrie Smith is our lawyer there and they're going to back us up. They're going to help us put together a legal collective of that, of members within a group that could pay for a membership service and have these large master service agreements for broadcast companies negotiated on their behalf. Right. Um, we're structuring it in such a way that there's an economy to the cost and the scale. It would probably be half or less than half of what some of these companies are paying in legal fees to negotiate these contracts. And we believe that a, a large group of companies gathered together um, could create enough influence to really just protect the assets and protect the, the value that our clients, the production companies and motion design companies and such are producing on behalf of broadcast companies. Yeah. And it's a, it's obviously it's a cool opportunity that something like something like this has never been done in the industry. And the idea that a group of companies could come together and say, Hey, we're going to form this alliance to help each other protect our interests and so forth. Um, it's really, it's a, it's a, pivotal or, or turning point, I think, maybe in, in the industry, because 
It's saying, hey, we can come together. We can create some standards. We can uh, basically take some of the battles that others have already won and share them with others so that they benefit and we together can make the industry stronger and, and kind of push back against all that consolidation and all the muscle that those big companies have. Yeah. And there are associations out there that have set some standards for us. We've actually met with uh, the president of the AICP yeah. and got some of their advice and understanding of work that they've done in the past, how they put together an organization similar to this. Um, so we're following some good leaders and that have set some good practices in place. I want to be clear that it's not our it's not our intention to quote unquote take on the big guys. What we want to do is we're recognizing that there's really a need. the The middle person is being um, crushed here a little bit by some of the legal and and yeah, almost regulatory yeah environments that that that's arising. Because yeah. what I what I see is think you talk about that squeeze where you might have something like the freelancers union. In New right. York City. Yeah, yeah, New York City on the one side that is, you know, great. It's protecting the interests of freelancers. Get that. That's right. It's valid. It's totally fine. And then on the other side, you have these big broadcast and entertainment companies that are likewise putting, handing down uh, insurance requirements and, you know, we own it all and we're not going to pay you unless this, this, this. We're going to have the right to get underages. You know, we talked about how crazy underages are. And then you're here you are running a small motion design studio stuck in the middle of those two things. And you're like, whoa, wait a minute. Am I going to have to negotiate every single contract, you know, job by job, project by project, and just every single time get whittled away more and more and more? And we're saying no, because a lot of those battles are being won by Carrie and her team at Green Spoon Martyr. So let's let everyone benefit from those little victories. And together we can. Yeah, you got it exactly. And it's. It's very exciting to me, Joel, because um, it's a need that we've been seeing for months upon months. And uh, I want to say we we even predicted this a few months ago when we did our client briefs that we knew something was going to happen. Um, we recognized the need that was out there. Um, it's great to have confirmation from the from the legal side with with Carrie and her team, um, but there is a reality of uh, a freelancers union requiring you to pay your freelancers in net 30 days and your client not paying you for net 60 to net 90, um, there is something happening in the middle. Um, so, so to have representation, to have some kind of standards, to recognize the need uh, is really just, you know, uh, opportunity and, and a need that we're seeing in our, in our industry. And we're happy to facilitate this as, as much as we can until there is something more official in place. It's, it's, it's really neat. So if you're an owner of a small creative company, you might be a motion design studio, right? And you've got freelancers on the one side who might belong to something like the Freelancers Union, right? Which is a New York association that protects the interests of freelancers. And then on the other side, you have your clients, which are these big broadcast companies or brands or what have you. These, what do we call them? Conglomerates or consolidated, whatever. But they have a lot of muscle and then here you are stuck in the middle and you are battling on terms rights payments whatever that is and you're getting squeezed on both sides both sides on both sides um so that that's that's really challenging what our thought is is that if we can help create some standard in order for the business owners to not lose the value of their company we're not necessarily trying to create a battlefield by any means, but to, to at least have some standards and practices in place that could be accepted 
at a, for, from a larger group would slow down or guide some of that growth and opportunity for business owners to still protect the assets they have and guarantee employment for their employees and for their freelancers yeah. and get the work done for the conglomerates. That's well, what, well, what the collaborative you, effort. Do you remember that moment when we were, you know, we were working with Carrie and her team at Greenspoon Martyr and we were negotiating yet again, I think it was payment terms with, it was maybe DirecTV or AT&T, right? Somebody like, like that. And what we realized was, well, we, we've already won this battle. Like we, we had this argument a month or two ago with a different client. Can't we just borrow that contract that you negotiated? And the response was, well, yeah. We kind of won that battle a few months ago. Now we can, you know, it's always these six items in any agreement. And we've won those over there. Well, then let's just take what we've already won and let the other, your other clients benefit. And then we said, wait a minute, why just think clients, why can't we help everybody with this? You sound very three musketeers. All for one or one <laughs> right, for all. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, I mean, it kills me to think, um, because I've had, I've had my clients deal with this, where they don't know any better. You're just the small studio, and you think, well, there's this big master services agreement, and it says net 90, and they, they're claiming we only pay net 90, and you just you don't know any different. And so you're just this island out here going, well, I guess we'll just deal with net 90 and that's just how it is. And Joel, I've been looking at these contracts for 12 years. Um, I've, over the years, have always said, no, of course, we, we understand what it is. I, we would negotiate some smaller items, some ownership rights, especially the items that we created originally before we even signed up with a client. Um, we had responsibilities worked out so that fonts and those kind of items that are created are, right. are Project retained. Project files and... Yeah, project files and such. But some of the late, some of the, what we've seen lately is just very different. Mm-hmm. And that has, as we said a couple months ago when we did our client briefs, it was so interesting to start getting a confirmation that it wasn't just what you and I had heard, but these other agency mm-hmm. owners have been in the industry and owned their their companies for twenty six years, another yeah. one for almost twenty years. We are seeing the same same practices. So we knew that something was coming. Um, we still, we think this is one of the alternatives. We again think that the community itself should start building up some practices and standards. Uh, we can create um, like a collective, collective right, of right. group of companies and see if we can't just set some standards in place so that it can be adopted by um, a larger group within the industry. So in a way, almost what I'm hearing you say is it's time. Like something's changed and it's been, maybe we didn't notice it so much before, but enough's changing now that we feel like, wait a minute, now it's time. We, we should do something. We should do something for the, certainly for our clients, we should do something for the industry. Maybe there's an opportunity to come together and whether it's a collective or a co-op or a group or something that it's time. Yeah. And we, you and I sit in a unique place in this industry with a few other consultants that get to have these kind of conversations every day. Um, so we are seeing something unique because of the number of conversations we're having. Yeah, sure. And you and I know it, it's time. So we're happy to escort it in, see what comes of it, put the right people in place to, to create these standards and keep things going in a very strong way. So to be continued. Yeah, pretty great. All right. So that was my conversation with Tim just a couple weeks ago in Los Angeles, getting you up to speed with where things are. So if you're a business owner and this is resonating with you, 
that you're feeling this same frustration that the industry has gotten tougher. You're getting squeezed on one side by clients with increasing demands, these large mega corporations. And on the other side, of course, are freelancers and contractors. If you're feeling this frustration and you want to do something about it, here's our invitation. At Promax BDA, in just a couple weeks, RevThink is going to bring this conversation to the forefront. So at the agency happy hour at Promax BDA, this is on the Wednesday of Promax week, we're inviting owners to come to the happy hour and talk about how we can make each other stronger. And there is this idea building of an alliance, some sort of a collective that might be along the lines of what AICP is for the commercial production company uh, industry. And that's something for our space, for our companies that are not necessarily working with advertising agencies, but working with entertainment companies, with brands and the like, that we can come together and create some industry standards, some best practices, some sort of pool our resources and help make all of us stronger as we move together in the industry. So stay tuned. Come to that happy hour if you're in New York at Promex BDA. Uh, if you can't make it to that, then we will make sure that all those announcements that are made and whatever efforts and community and decisions come out of that week, we will post in the seven ingredients group as well as on our website and more. So stay tuned and we hope to see you in New York City at Promax BDA. You've been listening to the Rev Thinking Podcast. For more free resources, updates on upcoming events, or to learn how RevThink consultants advise creative entrepreneurs, please visit RevThink.com. 